And welcome back to the Pants Party. It is game week here. I'm Harrison Starr, owned by, owned by, <laughs> joined by Ben Ross, constantly owned by him, but uh, we'll save that for later. Uh, I guess it's not technically game week, but it is a game week, and I'm going to celebrate with a uh, Guinness stout. So I'm going to open that right now. Wow. I, I'm i in the weird nether, first of all. The owning... Wow, I can hear it hiss. Uh, I know. The owning is a different podcast. You have to subscribe to that one. Uh, or pay money, rather. I'm in the weird nether... It's so hot here and humid. Uh, like, I want a drink, but I don't. I had a long weekend. I'm going to have another long one. So I think I'll just be with you in spirit. Um, yeah, it's not really a game week, but it is a game week. I guess you're too excited for this 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 one across uh, in the on the Emerald Isle, Ben. I am, and this is the exact same thing that happened last year with Brett Bielema and Scott Frost, except for the fact that we recorded the equivalent podcast. Me still thinking that I was actually in Ireland when, in fact, it was not in Ireland because they had. Uh, canceled the travels due to uh, COVID restrictions. So um, thankful that we get to experience Scott Frost taking on an Irish American in Ireland. And, you know, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I'm just, you're exactly right. I'm way too excited about it. Would you like to discuss, wow, what a nice pour. Everyone, he, Harrison, just had great head on that. Um, what what is this going on right now? I'm taking a picture of my. Oh my god! We can do this. Yeah, this is really for our Patreon subscribers. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> um. Okay, that's Harrison just took a picture. Oh my god! It's there. I know. Wow. Isn't that incredible? I'm downloading this. Um. Can't wait to totally slow down the quality of our podcast even more. Uh. How do I get this away? Now it's gone. Um, I am totally derailed. I had a setup, and now it's gone. Well, you were you were talking about how excited I am. Um, Would you like to discuss the driving situation over in Ireland that oh, uh, we, we student have to, drivers? <laughs> are, we have, does, absolutely have to. <laughs> you you, so, you you sent it to me. So so apparently in Ireland, student drivers have to I don't know if it's like a law but it's custom for them to drive with a red N for novice on their bumper or it's like a little magnet that they put on the back seat on the on the back window of their cars and it looks just like the Nebraska red N and basically Husker fans are going to get there and think there are hundreds of thousands of Irish Nebraska fans. The N stands for knowledge jokes right themselves, but this, I think, is... This takes the cake. It's a superior joke. And, like, go figure we had to outsource it uh, because N stands for novice and, you know, even in Scott Frost's Fourth year, he remains a novice as a head football coach, which warms my heart, Ben. It warms my heart. Do we, do we want to talk about the 15 to 20 pukes a, a practice quote that he had? 
Uh, you know, I'm just not surprised to see Nebraska fans take advantage of PPP, that is pukes per practice, and, uh, you know, try and gaslight us into thinking that it was a good thing. It's the it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard because he's like yeah and then he comes back and he kind of walks it back as as he has to and says yeah it was a bit of an exaggeration instead of just saying no I just flat out lied like so presumably there's still pukes happening in practice right that's the only thing I can take from it if uh, I'm reading the the rhetoric correctly but Scott Frost. The, the depths that people will go to defend this man. Oh, he's got a dry sense of humor. That wasn't a funny joke, no matter what. So uh, dry sense of humor d- doesn't cut it with me as... I, I don't think I have necessarily a dry sense of humor, but you certainly do. Um, and I certainly understand it. <laughs> Nothing so. gets past me, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Before we turn ahead to... Uh, the the games and the season. Uh, we're going to go through the whole Big Ten Conference, I think. You have some real bets and some fake bets, so I, I'm excited to get to those. I just wanted to say like how much work it is to put together a two-year-old's birthday party. I, I thought that like we did like the pseudo-encanto theme, and it was very fun. Very fun. Um, you know, kind of uh, Latin American decorations all over the place. Um, he enjoyed it. He is a good two-year-old. Um, but I was like under the impression that I could just knock out, um, you know, each of the characters in Encanto have their own special talents. And I was going to like create eight different pods with their talents and associating them to uh, whatever treat it is. A lot of work. A lot of work. I did none of that. I thought I could do that in like an evening. We get to the evening and I realize that there's... I'm not even going to be able to make a rapist, Ben. Why? Because what? Just the amount of work. It yeah, that sounds like a stupid me. idea. Um, I mean, I, I don't think... <laughs> sorry. I don't know why you're surprised. <laughs> it was. Some, yeah. I don't know why you're surprised that... Sorry to... Uh, not nothing against you and your family, but a, a two-year-old's birthday party. In my experience, having attended approximately one two-year-old's birthday party in my life, is for the mother first, and the in-laws second, the father seventh or eighth, and the baby tenth. You know. Yeah, it was fun though. Every it I was, mean, it, sure, it's a it, great it, time. It was a great time. Both sets of parents, or both sets of grandparents came in, uh, had a couple friends come over, so it was, it was a good time, but um, I realized that the juice was not going to be worth the squeeze on all the decorations, so uh, I pulled that ripcord pretty quickly. Um, Did you serve so I guess anything we'll, related to Encanto? Yeah, we served Mexican food, which okay. isn't, you know, it's it's not Colombian food, but, you know, refried beans, some, some chipotle chicken, some ground beef tacos etc so it worked out well and we've we've had leftovers like three or four times this week so nummy yeah yeah good stuff then good stuff so where, where do you want to start i kind of want to turn it over to you with um the real bets because i was also kind of going through it and if we wanted to um 
you know, build upon what you have. I can kind of go through through my thought process and happy to talk to you um, about this. I, I do have to say, I think, um, the lines at least I was using were brought to you by DraftKing. Odds lines subject to change. Terms and conditions apply. Mm. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. First Saturday of the season, my friend. Oh, my. Well... Sure, but I'll probably honor whatever wage you make. So if you want to get into my DMs, um, we can work something out. I, I guess, yeah, if there's nothing else you want to get to, we can get started with sort of uh, us how take the temperature of how we feel on. I found five, five wagers uh, online that you can make right now in a place where gambling is legal. Um, none of them, unfortunately... Was anything fun? Couldn't find anything real on players or coaches or props like that. These were run-of-the-mill win totals and f- future bets, more or less. <clears throat> so, with that caveat, should we get started? Yeah, man, let's do it. Obviously, the one, the most, probably the most well-known wager for college football is over/under win totals. And I was a set. You can probably just. It can stay at seven and a half forever, and that's where it's at right now. the The odds are minus one ten, which is about as middle of a road bet as you're going to find um, middle of the line odds as you find in things like this. And basically, uh, it's a matter of well, if you think is Iowa going to score four easy wins uh, in in the non-con, and then can they bank four more in the conference, and you know, I'll let you take it away and tell us what you are you are you buying or selling? Are you taking over or under there? So what I when I went through the schedule, just the thirty minute all games, all Big Ten teams, I came out with Iowa at seven wins and five losses. So I am taking it as an under seven point five. But the thing I do wanna caveat this with is I would not bet that. I I, I would not bet it. I'd stay away from under 7.5 with a 10-foot pole. I just think that's how it's going to kind of play out. But I also look at it, and we'll have kind of a preview column coming up. The five games I have Iowa losing are five straight games. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so that is why I go under 7.5, but am not putting my uh, hard-earned money on that wager. The problem I have with this is, and it's probably the exact same, I approach this the same way you did, is I count seven teams that Iowa can beat if it scores 11 points on its schedule. <laughs> so if the defense can just show up and hold the opposing offense to 10 points, I was going to win that game. And then, what, between the rest of the, between the other four game, five games left on the schedule... You don't see a coin flip breaking Iowa's way? Well, I mean, this is this is where it comes down to it for me. Like, I, I just have... I have Iowa beating Michigan, but losing to Northwestern and Purdue. So, like, it, it's, it's, okay. it, it's a ridiculous schedule that I have Iowa <laughs> winning and losing. Um, but the better bet, I think, is the over. I will say that. 
Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure. I, I haven't. I, just... I haven't taken any Iowa centric bets yet. I'm too busy unloading my count on stupid teams that I think are going to win the Big Twelve and then go to the playoff. Um, but there'll be time, I suppose, when I, hopefully payday comes before Friday, and I can <laughs> <laughs> unload on that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, I think we're we're split on that. It sounds like Ben, you, you've got Iowa over seven and a half. I have them. That's a soft mm. under, but uh, recognizing it's. I mean, it's an even bet though. To your point, it's minus one ten. So I would presume that the over is also minus one ten. So it's you know. Um. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, so the, yeah, the over or no, it just stays at one t- minus one ten. Um, next one is kind of the same thing. It's over under yeah. five and a half Big Ten wins, and that is plus one sixty if you take the over. So that's interesting because basically they know I was going to bank in the non-con um, as it does most years. Even though I'm skeptical, I see two two losses, two potential losses, and I was non-con this year. Usually it's only one, and I was state. Um, and then can you scrape together six wins between Rutgers, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Northwestern, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska? And it sounds like the answer to you is no. Yeah, the answer to me is no. Um, I think looking at it from a normal person's perspective, or looking at it from my perspective, I have chalked Ohio State up and Wisconsin up to losses. So then, to your point, you have to win six or seven out of the remaining seven games for Iowa to win. And I just see two losses on there. Um, So... I, I have an under 5.5, and I view that as probably the better bet versus the under uh, 7.5. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not going to bet that one either, like, no. to, to be clear. I don't like that one at all either. No, I like this one less because <clears throat> the sample size just is 40% smaller, or the, the window of opportunity is 40% smaller in this bet, so I just don't... I kind of think it's a sucker's bet, which is why it's at plus 160, which is a significantly better better odds. Um, okay. This one, these get a little more interesting. There's three left for real bets. Plus 380 to win the Big Ten West. Those are the th- only the third best odds in the Big Ten West. Nebraska has the second best <laughs> odds. They are plus 340. Uh, yeah. To win the Big Ten West, and I think uh, Wisconsin is somewhere in the 220 range, if I remember. I want to talk about the Nebraska one a little bit because I think you would have more fun setting money on fire than betting Nebraska to go to the Big Ten Championship. It made some sense, like uh, last year and the year before. I think I was always been third behind Nebraska the past few years, but Nebraska mm-hmm. at least had Adrian Martinez, whereas yeah. this year. Like, what do they got? They got the transfer from Texas who stunk. I, th- I think he was fine. Like, I think he was good, especially before he had his injury. So, like, you're banking on him being really, really good. The defense being fine, be- being good enough. 
Um, and then Scott Frost, not to do Scott Frost things, which I think is ultimately what it comes down to. But I mean, to me, I I, I see four and eight to eight and four. I guess maybe perfect case they go nine and three or ten and two and 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 win the division. But um, anyways, uh, enough Nebraska talk, I suppose. To to me, I think Iowa plus three eighty. Um, Honestly, like I, I, I'm kind of surprised that they're, they're third. I would have thought that they might be fourth, um, but with Why, Purdue Minnesota? and oh. Minnesota in front of them. But Nebraska is so public that they're gonna they're gonna you know drive the bus for for Big Ten West odds. I, I would stay away from the plus three eighty. Yeah, I just don't understand how, uh, who, who would take a Big Ten West team to, to or excuse me, uh, I was getting ahead of my skis there, sorry. Um, I mean, I, I don't know who, why you would take a team that isn't Wisconsin, or and then Iowa would have to be a second because yeah. those are, you know, outside Northwestern that one year, they're the only teams that have won the Big Ten West, so it's just like, what are we even, you know, doing here? Yeah, I mean, I guess the best bet on the board is Northwestern, eighty to one, just because they've done it before. They've put together a Big Ten West champion team in, uh, you know, with duct tape and twigs, and somehow found themselves in Indianapolis in in December. So, like, if I had to put money on a West team, I think it probably would be Nebraska. Or excuse me, oh God. Northwestern, and, and we'll we'll find out soon enough with uh, Northwestern playing Nebraska this weekend. If one of those teams looks looks the part, for for lack of a better word, do you think they celebrate Scott Frost Day in Ireland? I hope they did. I don't know. I need to Google that. Okay, uh, next one is. So would this be one eighty to one Iowa to win the Big Ten championship game? Plus eighteen hundred, uh, is that how mm-hmm. that math works? Uh, I mean, again, the Big Ten West team hasn't won the conference championship, and Ohio State kind of looks like the Death Star this year. And behind them, there's still Michigan, the reigning conference championship game winner, and then potentially a sneaky Penn State team who might be the best team in the Big Ten West if they were in the Big Ten West. I have a Penn State take. I just think... Do you think they're going to digress this year? I think they will regress this year. I kind of think they will, too. I also think Michigan State I just State don't will, know that but. Franklin's that good. Like, I think that's kind of what it comes down to for me. I just don't think he's that good of a, a football coach at a place like Penn State. Like, I don't think... Franklin isn't that good. Clifford, I don't think, is very good. They, I know, like, they do have, like, a five-star quarterback, some on the roster, a layer or a Lars hiding, but... I think they had, like, one of the worst recruiting classes ever in 2020, and that's going to come back to bite them. And then to that end, too, you could say Michigan State's a sneaky pick, but, like, they had arguably, like, the best running back in the country last year, and he's gone. And that that that, that, that hides a lot of problems in the Big Ten, is having uh, a running back behind an, a really good offensive line and a moderately capable quarterback, and... That's I don't I don't know who's walking through that door for Michigan State this year. So it's 
basically Ohio State or bust is what we're saying. Yeah, like I, I have Penn State bolded as one of my favorite bets at under 8.5. Like I, I view hmm. it as kind of the same same way that I view the Iowa one, right? Where let's chalk up kind of two losses to Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State. They're going. They're going to Auburn. Just that's just weird. Um, not weird that they're doing it, but I feel like that could just be a really weird, weird game. game, like yeah. the game was last year. Um, so you know, then they would have to run the table if if they lose that. And I have them losing to Purdue early. So sidebar. Penn State, oh yeah, that's first game of the year. I think I saw that Penn State has opened the Big Ten 10 years in a row on the road, which, I mean, to be clear, my position on Penn State is fuck them, but also that's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, also, sidebar, sidebar, I lo- the, the, the home and home, Penn State and Auburn is the way to do it, to their credit. I am so fucking sick of games at Lambeau, games at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Games at I went to Wisconsin Notre Dame at Soldier Field last year, like that was great. I loved it, but and I would I would I have gone to that game if it was in Madison or South Bend? Absolutely not. But no. Still, why are we? Why do we have college stadiums if we're not playing college football games in them? There's just so much juice in those games. Like to to go on the road to an SEC school or an SEC school come to Big Ten country. Like to me, it's just it's. I'm with you. More of it because I'm, like you said, like the the neutral field games bring a certain you know luster to them, I guess. But you're also getting more casuals, Ben. Like you and your father were that week. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you got you two just hated yourself the whole time you're watching the game. Well, it it was horrible situation because my dad was the slowest moving human being in the world, so we missed the brunch I had planned and we missed tailgating. And then as soon as we got in the door of soldier, it took, I shit you not, it took 44 minutes to get from the concourse to our seats. Uh, so that's a whole thing. Uh, quick question. And I just yeah. thought of this and that's partially because of the gambling research I was doing, but what is like the unsexiest place you would travel to watch? Iowa play a football game in the opposing team stadium. You know what I mean? What is like an what I'm is gonna, an un, what is an unsexy home and home you want between Iowa and X school? And I think oh, I have mine picked. Oh, I mean, to me, like just considering where I am, I want home and home with Arkansas. That's a good answer. There, but that's yeah. not unsexy. Like I think they're I think they're like I think two that, that's equalish not a, teams. Yeah, but that that's a good answer. I, I'd call them unsexy because like they're kind of flavor of the moment right now. That's the pick I was going mm-hmm. with. Now, I'm not picking Arkansas, but the team I'm thinking of is kind of flavor of the moment. I think unsexy, though, right now would probably be Missouri, though. And that's one that Iowa fans have always kind of talked about. Yeah, Missouri or Kansas State, something like that. Yeah, I was thinking Kansas State. I picked Oklahoma State because I just think mm. Gundy and Ference kind of are kindred in the way that Ference probably would never admit to. And Gundy would call him out for. Um, <laughs> but I just think – and I think – I. I have no reason to believe Stillwater is anything illustrious or beautiful, but I think it's a dump, and I would love to go watch a football game there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know someone who went to Oklahoma State, and, yeah, it, 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 it's just like a lot of 
college towns, right? The college is the town. Like, I mean, you know, think about Champaign-Urbana. Think about mm-hmm. West Lafayette. Think about, you know, uh, there are more Ames. Um, so, yeah, I think to, to maybe put a bow on this, Ben, uh, from a conference perspective, I, you had Iowa as, what, plus 1,800. I, I put, I, I found plus 2,000. To me, the the two that do stick out, if we're not talking Ohio State, I do think like there's a little disrespect with Michigan, even though they are the second best odds in the conference at plus six hundred. Um, that's one that sticks out to me. And then I'm I'm putting on uh, my black and Purdue gold, and I'm intrigued by the plus three thousand. That's thirty one to odd, thirty to one odds. Because Purdue is always the weird team that gets up for these like top five opponents in a similar way that Iowa does. But that would be in Indiana. It would be a home crowd. They would maybe have the best quarterback in the conference. If it's, if it's not C.J. Stroud, I think it's going to be Aiden O'Connell. So that, that's one that... Uh, does intrigue me just just because there's a lot of it, but they again they have to get there right I mean so like I, mean, I said I've got my my Purdue black and gold on and uh, maybe I should Purdue would uh, need to get so much help because that a Purdue getting there entails beating Ohio two three of you have to beat three of Ohio State Michigan State Michigan and Penn State true or false. They have to be so. Their crossovers are Penn State, Maryland, and Indiana. So really, the the hump for them is the hump for Iowa, and that's Wisconsin because they haven't beat Wisconsin in twenty years. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I suppose, but what I I'm not drinking the Purdue Kool Aid. Quite as much as you are, maybe it's because you went there. Who's to say? But I think it probably I, is. I do think I do like sort of Purdue. Oh, they're over seven and a half wins. Um, I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Um, did Did you have any any other ones? I, I there, and I, then I was yeah. plus oh. fifteen thousand to win the national championship. <laughs> Which, I mean, we can talk about it if you want, but... I'm trying to figure out a universe in which Iowa would win the national championship. Like, I almost wonder if they'd have to beat Ohio State three times to win the national championship this year. Or two out of three Oh, times. yeah. That's kind of fun. I mean, shit. That they, they would be the best resume of any other school. Right? Oh, yeah, it would. Unless, like, yeah, Al- I mean, Georgia went, played Alabama twice, like, last year, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, if they... Because if they, they would probably have to lose to Ohio State and then beat Ohio State. And then that's Ohio State's only loss is the Big Ten championship game. And then they would probably get set up with them in the, the 2-3 game. That would be exactly what happens for, for Iowa to, to win the national championship Alrighty. So, th- those were kind of 
I didn't write down any other conferences or anything of, of note for these. I'm just sticking with straight Iowa. If you had any of that picked out, we can talk about them. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go ahead and just say some of the ones that I have bolded in going through them. And this obviously, like, not betting advice, but things that I like. I mentioned Purdue and Michigan in the conference title race. Mentioned Nebraska under um, 7.5 wins, under 5.5 Big Ten wins. Um, I alluded to Penn State under 8.5. Um, I think one thing that was interesting, Ben, was uh, Tom Allen saying what everyone was thinking and that we're going to find out if 2020 or 2021 were the, was the outlier, and I think uh, 2020 was the outlier. So I have uh, Indiana under 2.5 Big Ten wins. I like that one. Um, and then Michigan over 6.5 Big Ten wins and Northwestern over four total wins. Those were... I guess my my six favorite ones that stuck out as I was going through it. I hate all of them, so congrats. Good. (laughs) Two and a half wins is so disrespectful. I love it. I mean, I I wonder what, because Rutgers somehow, they're not on any legal betting sites uh, here in the United States because of... Oh, is it? New Jersey laws. It's Illinois and New Jersey? I thought it was only Illinois. Illinois, you can't bet in Illinois, which I actually oh, think is a good rule. I think that's a great law because ha- ha- I-, I think we've talked about this before, but I think so much of the consternation that exists in Kinnick Stadium is Iowa fans betting Iowa to cover or betting the over, getting mad at the offense, and yelling at the players. I don't know. So, I think I've found ways to bet on Illinois sports by living in Illinois and I think Iowa fans would find a way to do the same I just think it's so mainstream now like that maybe there's no coming back but I think if the law had existed that you couldn't bet on Iowa or Iowa State um, in Iowa I don't, I don't think we'd see the same consternation we've heard from Iowa players talking about the fans so that, that's that's my take. Fair enough. It's been in place for what three years, whatever. Yeah. Um, do we want to move to some of your fake ones, Ben? Yeah, I sure did. These are all more or less player related. I've got two that are team related, uh, but so nothing quite like that. Let's start with the quarterback position. <clears throat> Spencer Petrus over under nine and a half starts. He started ten games in twenty twenty two. Oh, that's a good one, Ben. That's a really good one. I, I like the over, though. Uh, I think he's probably going to start unless he's injured. And uh, I agree. You'd I have to take him. injury into I, consideration, but yes, I agree. But to your point, like I mean, since Rudock, he's the only quarterback who has not started games due to injury. Um, best ability is availability. Okay, so I think we're both taking the over there. That being, assuming he's a starter, over under 58% completion percentage. He was at 57.3 last year. (laughs) I think it has to be over. Like, I just... Here's where I am on Iowa's passing offense. I see it getting better numbers-wise, 
but I don't know if it will be more difficult to, to defend, if that makes sense. Okay. I, I, I think it's over, too, because maybe I should have made this 59 or even 60%, but, you know, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I think by now if we can't get this guy to 58, then, you know, that's... I mean, I think that's a good line, out. though, because yeah, that's I do too. kind of... that's. That's Stanley's average. Um, I think if it plays out like I may think it could play out, like a la 2014 with Rudok, um, his was 61.7, but everyone complained about how, I mean, he became a checkdown Charlie. So is that what Peaches becomes? Who yeah, knows? God, maybe we think about having a checkdown Charlie with these receivers this year. I mean,. You're teeing them up for... I know. Sure am. Teeing them up. <clears throat> All right, that's enough with the passing. We have Williams, either Gavin or LaShawn, whoever ends up being the presumptuous starter, over under 800 yards rushing. Tyler Goodson had 1,100 last year, but it was the most anybody's... Ran, uh, nobody has had over 700 since that year, and then most since Wadley in 2017 when he also had around 1,100. Oh, that's a good... Oh. Because I, I was thinking... And this is how good Vegas is. Because I was going back through what we got from a sports betting dime last year. And they had Tyler Goodson over under 11.29. And he ended up at 11.50-ish. So, I appreciate you bringing uh, the statistics with 800. Because I thought that would be an easy over. Um... I still would lean over for whoever's Iowa's lead back over 800 yards. I think so too, but also I do kind of feel like this will be a situation where you get pretty, could be pretty, pretty, pretty even carries between both Williamses, which resulting in two, uh, one 800 yard rusher and one 700 yard rusher. You know, I could kind of see that happening. And if that's the case, then this offense could be pretty potent if we can get, get over 1,500 yards on the ground. That would, you know, improve Petrus's completion percentage hopefully yeah it's it's a good place to start if you have two backs you like I do wonder if like um Caleb Johnson like I we, we talked a little bit about it last week right but I'm very happy with where Iowa's running back position is and I could see all four of those guys having a role in some respect and you know Big Ten Conference you need to have depth at that position so Maybe maybe it ends up being under, but only because I was getting two or three guys close to to five hundred or more. Next one is Sam Laporta over under seven hundred yards. He had six hundred and seventy last year. Over that's. that's I had the one I had eight hundred. I had eight hundred, but then I X'd it out and made seven hundred because I don't know if Laporta didn't become. A security blanket last year. What makes you think he's going to become one this year? I mean, he is one. I mean, that's that's the problem, right? Like, okay. I, I think that the the thing is that I'm not sure Iowa used him in enough creative ways last year, um, which is something that's been said before about Iowa tight ends. Uh, I thought we did see a little more of that in the Big Ten championship game and the bowl game. 
with more of the kind of throwback usage. Um, so I, I would say over 700. While we're on, well, I guess, what's your, what's your next one? <clears throat> next one is Keegan, uh, Keegan hmm. Johnson, over under 500 yards receiving. He had 352 last year. It, I mean, this is one where I think if you're going with the under, you're, you're saying injuries, and I'm not going to do that to Keegan Johnson, who is a very interesting wide receiver and should have over 500 yards. I agree. I agree. And if he doesn't, and it's not due to injury, then again, we've got big, big problems. Uh, That's it for offense. Next one is Moss, Riley Moss, over under four and a half interceptions. He had four last year, which is crazy because I thought he had way more as soon as he had two in the season opener. And uh, Dame Belton was a team leader last year with five interceptions for context. This is a good one, Ben. Another good line. Uh, respect to the bookmaker. Um, it. I don't think this is a Desmond King situation necessarily where people are going to throw away from him. Um, but I also think that him being out there, he's just going to have to have a higher hit rate with like pass deflections versus pass defended versus uh, interceptions. So I would say right at four again, um, soft under. I agree. Um, I, I no, I actually disagree. I think I think he'll do more this year, kind of thing by virtue. Listen, I'll be honest. I think he's going to get thrown at maybe a little bit more because I think quarterbacks are going to be like, who's this this white guy playing corner is the best in the Big Ten? Nah. And they're going to end up, you know, eating crow. So I, I think... Great take. Love I, it. Honestly, I mean, it sounds... I don't, you know, whatever. Call me whatever no, you th- want. Th- there's been articles about yeah. how, like, Jason Seahorn was the last white cornerback in the NFL. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. So um, not just the receiver, or not just the quarterbacks, but also the receivers, I'm sure, you know, they look uh, over and see Riley Moss off opposite them, and they're like, I'm going to school this guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dominique Foxworth on his podcast with Bamani Jones, Super Bowl winning corner, has said that he thinks white guys are not who are don't get a chance to play corner are the most maligned players in the NFL because you look at guys getting burned by Cooper Cup and there's a white guy who played at Utah sitting on his couch screaming, why can't that be me? And I kind of have to tend to agree with him there. Um, yeah. Next well, one. and also the other the other reason for the over is again not betting on injuries. The only reason he was probably mm. at four was probably because he missed games. So how many I games did he miss that, last year? Though was it more than two? Uh, second half of the Penn State game, and then I think it was another two games. Okay. Um, yeah. Me, okay. Let me pull that Let's up see. while you're. I think I know where you're going to take on this. And I went spicy because I knew my audience. I got Lucas Van Ness over under 10 snap, ten sacks. He had seven last year. And so did... I'm putting it right at the 10. I know, right at 10. And so did, it was Sacks is tough because you can get half a sack. So, uh, And also Joe Evans had seven last year as well. I, I'm going to go over. He's just going to play too much. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of thought the same thing too. Like that was seven sacks with abbreviated playing time, and now he's going to be getting everything he can. I feel I feel good about ten, twelve. The and thing Bill's is like going to use him creatively. The problem is like twelve is probably the 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 absolute ceiling, and eleven. You know, so base we're betting on eleven, and you know I guess that's fine. Well, or ten and a half. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it for player props. We've got two left. Defense over under 20 points allowed per game. They allowed 19.2 last season. I think under. Like, just barely under. Surrendering or hovering around 18, a little over 18 points a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that. I mean the the question will be: Is there a game like the the Michigan game last year where yeah. Iowa gives up forty points? Yeah. Um, otherwise, that's a trust the infrastructure. Um, Phil's gonna keep Iowa in a lot of these games, and the defense. Like, I mean, it's not just Phil; it's all the players on the field. But right, I would say under. What are the the stats going back? So let's just let's just They're run crazy. through this. Well, I've got it. There, I don't think we've been over. I looked. I didn't write them down, but I don't think they've been over twenty one since twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen, twenty point four, um, and that that gets back to get that big number at the end against uh, Stanford. So um, to me, it would take it would take maybe two of those games. Um, I don't see that happening, but I've been wrong. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You're probably right. And then finally, the offense. Over under 25 points a game. They scored 23.4 last year. Oh, so you're you're factoring in the defensive points in this one technically, Ben. Oh, I guess you're right. I don't think CFB stats has true offensive points. Um, They do. Shoot. Had I've known that, I wasn't even thinking. If it's offense only, I think it's <laughs> very like it's very close. Can you pull up like what their offense be... only was last year? Can you find it? Oh, I've done it before. I think it was. Oh, do you actually have to do math to figure? Yeah, it out? I actually have okay. to do math. So, so let that's, me. That's why let I didn't me, do that. <laughs> um, I, I can do this math quickly. So Iowa gave up three hundred twenty-eight points. Or excuse me, scored 328 points, but um, I think we should include special one, teams scores. Two. I'm not gonna. How to many sixes so, did like, we have last year? Riley Moss had one. How many more did we have after that? Riley Moss had two. Riley Moss had two. Yeah. Jack Campbell had one. Okay. Uh, Jack Campbell also had two, and then we had the block punt return and the kick return. So I think blo- we I would be getting rid of. Okay, maybe not. I, I would count kick return. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't count blocked punt. Yeah, it is twenty point four. If you that get rid so of all bad. six of those touchdown, That's um, so, so bad. we're talking about a twenty five percent improvement. Oh my god! And then this is also where it kind of comes down to like, I was going to have to put up some huge games. I think like, um, do they really lay it on? South Dakota State and Nevada. Um, what do they look like again? 
Rutgers, um, do they, you know, throw some dirt on the grave of Scott Frost? To me, it should be over. It just should be over if we're doing either one of them. But either offense or total. Um, so it, it has to be over. This number but should be 30. Who knows? Know, if I yeah. was being a huge dick, this number should be 30. If they can't get to 25, I don't know what we're doing here. There is absolutely no defense of this offense and its coaches and the way it treats that side of the ball to make them deserve to continue running the op- the institution that is Iowa football. It's just absolutely insane. Like, I'm already making excuses for them two weeks before the season starts. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's some some interesting anecdotes coming out of, uh, you know, the message boards that are saying I was doing everything they want to to try and get Spencer Petras to play more free in practice. I think it was a Hawkeye Report message board. But... What's that mean? They're installing they're installing play RPO for him? The fucking no, statue? But they're, apparently what they're doing is they're just like changing everything up, changing down and distance, getting him just to see ball, make play. Um, and but but who knows? Like who knows until it happens and, and we see it actually on the field. Um, I, I just I just can't in it it needs to be over twenty five points per game. It should be over 25 points per game. But have we seen this movie before, Ben? Listener, we have. So wait, I want to know more about this. I haven't heard about this. So they're like, they are removing yeah. like down and distance in practice so Petrus can just have a blank slate when trying to make a play? No, so let me, let me see this because this is what uh, JP shared. So... Is the concept of exposure therapy, so I'm not going to go into this much, but what they're doing is working with a live play clock, which I guess is something that they've not done before, including a shortened play clock. Um, they're spontaneously changing down in distance, so there's no anticipation. Um, those are kind of the, the two things that this poster noted as huge differences in the way they operated this year versus last year. But my take on this would also be changing down and distance spontaneously. Doesn't that force the defense to play also differently as well? That would be um, my counter to that. So for example, first down seven yard run by Gavin Williams. Now, instead of it being second and three, they say, no, it's actually fourth and 11 and there's 40 seconds left on the clock and we need to score we need to get 11 yards to keep on this drive alive that's like an example that is how I would interpret an example similarly to that maybe not second and seven but like second and nine it's nice to see them getting so creative but as like truly a, a and I, I don't have a strong opinion because I don't know enough about this, but, like, that seems so counter to, like, the football guy ma- mantra, which is you practice the w- you play the way you practice. 
and I feel like that's tattooed on Kirk Ferentz's inner lip. So I, I just think it's it may be encouraging to see them do weird shit like that, but uh, of all the things to change and not change your coordinator, uh, you know, strange to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot's hanging on because you're right. Uh, same actors, John Budmeyer, God bless him, making a cool hundred grand in these six months. Um, I feel like he's made his, he's probably underpaid, to be honest, like way underpaid. Um, but look, I'm just going to have to see it. I, I'm just going to have to see it from, from brain uh, first and foremost. And then, you know, if, if the weight Petrus lost translates into him being a little shiftier if he gets a little more anticipatory in terms of um, you know cutting plays loose if the offensive line is better in pass protection to, to me I think that that there's so much to to need to go better that in reality a thing or two should go better and make Iowa different but then I I also come back to can the offense be better numbers wise, but worse in actually challenging the defense, and that that's kind of where I'm. My fear is, I suppose. I'm scared too, buddy, but we'll get through it. We we shall we shall. Um, I guess I think you covered a lot. Uh, yeah, this is good. In, that was quick. In how you did this, man. Um, the the one thing I, I did want to give credit to was um, just looking at the numbers that you gave and the ones that we got last year. I think very interesting stuff. The the two that I wanted to point out that um, I think are interesting as it pertains to this year is Spencer Petrus. They had over under 2,300 yards. So Iowa's passing offense had over that. So if you're going to go under that, you would presume injury. And then the other one that just made me laugh out loud was Tyron Tracy, 623.5 passing yards. Um, and God bless You mean me. receiving yards? He's going to... Excuse me, receiving yards, yes, yes. And what did he finish with, like 200, uh, if that? 180? Warmer. 150? I'm going all the way until 110. Warmer. Hot. Oh, my God, like 101. 106. Okay. God, man, and he's going to be, what, like? He's going to get that in the first game against... Purdue, he's going to have the same, or excuse me, the first game against Penn State, he's going to have 139 all-purpose yards, the same amount he had last year. Red hot. I mean, good for him, but God. I mean, I want him to do successful. I want him to totally kick ass and fucking show everybody what we're missing. It's just like... We've talked about it before. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. 
why would you come to Iowa to run routes for the love of the game and block if you're a wide receiver? Because that's what Amir Smith Martin set did, and now he's gonna be now he's catching passes from second best quarterback in the NFC North. Ah, uh, Amir Smith Marset. I miss that guy. Does uh, he does he like make your dad's hair gray? He doesn't know who that is. My dad is at the point where he knows Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and insert linebacker here, and that's it. Okay. Probably the kicker so that he can curse. Yeah, exactly. Well, Ben, I, I, I don't know what else I want to talk about. Uh, unless we're going to talk about uh, how happy I am to bet Northwestern plus 13 um, against Nebraska in uh, Ireland. Um, no, I've had enough of college football. I do want to ask you, should I okay. get a Luca Garza Minnesota Timberwolves jersey? Oh, this is a good one. This is a... I've been, I, I, I can almost assuredly say that Bart Pierce is probably getting a Luca Garza Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. He Without tweeted question. today, oh, did he? tougher than cat, incredible. <laughs> In someone's mentions, love that guy. Um, I think Minnesota has pretty good merch. So um, I, would, I would lean towards a yes there. Even though, who, who knows how big a role he's actually going to play. That's the risk you take. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can it be any bigger than it was in Detroit? He's going to a playoff that, team now, remember. Playoff team, basically backing up Rudy Gobert. Um, if I was trying to look at the roster. I think they have another like forward center type that um, he would compete for minutes with. I almost wonder if the way to go would be to get an Iowa Wolves jersey, the G League affiliate for uh, the oh, Wolves. I'll look into that after yeah. we get off this. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you do bring up a good question, though. It's like, uh, this is an Anthony Jeselnik bit where he doesn't buy jerseys for people younger than him. And I actually think it's a, it's a very good take. But I am... I think I am, I have to break it for Keegan Murray and uh, a Sacramento Kings jersey. But they're they're I've talked about this. Their merch is just not good. It is not good. Uh, then I mean, when it's pretty bad, you can just go with a jersey, maybe, and you don't yeah. have the full eight dollars yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I might have to do that. We'll see. I have uh, one festival to go to, so mm. um, in in lovely Bentonville. I need to uh, figure out what's going to happen there. But uh, Rufus DeSoul, Saturday night, that'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. Months away. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not that long. Oh, God. I don't think we're that far away from that, actually. Oh, no. I need, I need to plan my, my, festival, my festival gear. So. Good luck. Oh, well. Good luck, indeed. Um... So, Ben, final thoughts? Oh, do we want to talk about Illinois-Wyoming uh, at all? Are you kidding? Yeah. Okay. Kidding. Is it also a week zero game? <laughs> yeah, another okay. week zero game. Okay. 
<laughs> I was uh, who, who was it? I think it was Jason Kirk tweeted like the grid of like yeah, oh that's games to that's watch, does. yeah, games to maybe watch and games because it's football. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Northwestern Nebraska isn't like required viewing. That's that's my only where did he have consideration there? He had it in the middle column, so okay. I mean I get. I'm just so in on this game, Ben. You're right. Like I am so biased that I don't know that my opinion can be taken seriously. That's fine. Okay. Alrighty. Well, uh, next week is game week, Woo. not just a game week. So um, looking forward to that. We might have to test out the the Twitter space. See how that yeah. works. Um, maybe, maybe not. But you know. To be determined. Uh, we, we should probably give that a test before actually doing a uh, post-game Maybe we do a dry run line. on... I mean, do we... How, is our Friday... Is our next pod next week? Do we make it a space? Yeah, I think I yeah. think let's maybe plan that for Sunday or Monday. We can, yeah. we can figure it out. For sure. All righty. Uh, okay, so for, for Ben Ross, Renboss23 on, on the Bird app, Harrison Star, HD underscore star, go Hawks, and, uh, you know... Uh, Irish cheers. Oklahoma State to the playoff. <laughs> <laughs>